At Kroger, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself. Because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary, limited time offer, terms apply. Hello there and welcome to another week of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Uh, this week we're going to be covering February the 3rd, 1959, uh, what is doubly known as the day the music died. So, first off, uh, I'd like to start with a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, thank you to everybody who has been listening over the last few weeks. Um, seen some good comments, um, a lot of things that have changed, so you may well notice already the theme tune is substantially shorter. Um, I've been told by a few people it was a slightly too long, um, so that's been changed. Um, we have also changed the way we structure the show for going forwards. Now, as it stands, the show was playing on a weekly basis, with every episode being related to that particular week in history uh, there are a few things where I found that I would like to cover so on that basis we're going to cover basically what I want and what you guys want we're still going to cover history we're still going to work on particular weeks rather than um, people I'm going to try and work on events and things that happened throughout history so this is why this week is actually coming to you on the 25th, 26th of January, and it's incorporating the 3rd of February, so we are working a week behind. Now, the reason for that, I've had a few people that have said they want certain things covered. They would like to see an episode on the Battle of Trafalgar, Battle of Hastings, certain aspects throughout history that would require a long wait for these to actually come out. So, on that basis I've decided to change the structure of the show and pretty much give you guys what you want to hear so moving forwards like I said this week the day the music died so some of you I'm sure are already aware that this relates to the plane crash on February the 3rd 1959 which involved three major rising rock and roll stars of the 50s which were Buddy Holly, Richie Valens and the big bopper JP Richardson these were probably three of the biggest rock and roll stars of the late 50s um, and they were actually on tour on a tour through the midwest of america called the winter dance party um, which was a three-week tour that run through the heart of the midwest of america 
Now, the heart of the Midwest of America has a tendency to freeze throughout February, um, and at this time of year, it was frozen solid. So, it was a very cold tour, it was a very difficult tour, and it wasn't really a tour that any of them wanted to go on, um, but needs must and rock and roll prevails, and that's what they had to do to bring the money in. So... The tour actually rolled into the Surf Ballroom at Clear Lake, Iowa on the 2nd of February 1959. Now it wasn't actually supposed to go to Clear Lake, Iowa. The, the tour was scheduled to go to a different destination and uh, the, the 2nd of February was actually a gap day for the tour. But they managed to squeeze this one in um, and the Surf Ballroom at Clear Lake um, had the biggest night it had ever had in its history. You know, th these were three of the biggest stars in a tiny little town out in sort of the middle of a cornfield and they had the biggest stars of the time coming and performing for them so the teenagers and the young adults in that town were you know absolutely gobsmacked that this has happened to the town the queue was right round the door at the start of the show there was thousands of people queued up to get inside to watch this act uh, these acts and it was just a real buzz and a real big thing for the town and, and you know, me living in Grimsby in England, um, we're, we're quite a small town. And I can imagine what it's like for these teenagers and these young adults to, to have such a massive act and such talent turn up at your doorstep for the first time, really, in, in your town's history. Um, so that, to me, you know, explains why they did this show and why they took on an extra show. Because they, they were giving these young people a, a chance to experience something that their town had never experienced so i mean we'll, we'll go back a little bit i mean rock and roll in the 1950s it exploded in america in 1954 um with artists like elvis presley uh, bill haley and the comets these were two pioneers of rock and roll and they they really set the course for people like buddy holly to experience rock and roll and to sort of think do you know what this is what I want to do in my life I want to do this I want to be a rock and roll superstar um, and he, he got that you know he, he got that from watching Elvis on TV this was a he watched Elvis Presley and sort of thought this is a white guy essentially singing at the time black people's music you know the, the mixture of country and rock and roll um, sorry the mixture of country and R&B that created rock and roll it was a a fuse that swept through America and it, it took it by storm you know and it did the whole country it did the whole world it, you know eventually the whole world was into rock and roll and this all pioneered from you know the 1950s and from that sound of that that country sound mixed with that R&B um, and it did it, it caused a massive you know change in the music industry Buddy Holly actually uh, watched Elvis on on TV and he, you know, he decided this is this is the man I want to be. This is what I want to do with my life. He was already a good singer. He was already a good guitar player. He knew what he wanted to do, and that was it. He thought, you know, this is my my calling in life. I'm going to be a rock and roll superstar. So he formed a band with um, a drummer, a bassist, and another guitarist. So at the time, this was pretty much. I mean, this is what we see in rock now is the four man front the two guitarists the lead lead singer with a with a backup guitar the bassist and the drummer this is pretty much the standard for all rock bands and buddy holly's band consisted of jerry allison who was the drummer 
Joby Malden, who was the bassist, and Nicky Sullivan, who was the lead guitarist. So this was the formation of the band that would be known as the Crickets. So I'm sure most of you have heard of Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Um, they brought out their first single in September 1957, which was called That'll Be The Day. So that actually rose up the US charts to number three, and it was one of the best songs in the nation at that time. And a few months later, there was a song that came out which I'm sure most people are aware of, which was called Peggy Sue, which was actually um, named for Jerry Allison's girlfriend at the time, Peggy Sue. And they brought this song out to try and woo her. Um, and obviously it worked. They ended up getting married, and Peggy Sue actually sold over te- uh, over a million records and, and ended up in the top ten. So again, another pretty big hit for Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Now, there was uh, one of my friends actually uh, told me that Peggy Sue was actually named Cindy Lou at first, which was written for Buddy Holly's niece. Um, and then obviously the name got changed for, for Jerry Jerry Allison and his girlfriend. So I'm not 100% sure on the fact of that. I couldn't find anything on it. But if that is true, that's quite a cool little story. So thank you, Jamie, for that one. Um so this young Texan, Buddy Holly, uh, was making a real big stamp on rock and roll in, in 1957. You know, they'd had two top tens. Um, they were really, really pushing the, sort of the boundaries and people were really knowing who these guys were. Um, and the first tour the Crickets went on, they went on um, quite a, a difficult tour, quite a gruelling tour. And it ended up that Nicky Sullivan ended up leaving the band because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't deal with the stress of it. Um, and he's big, big, you know. Some musicians they really can't can't deal with the fact that they're supposed to be working sort of twenty odd hours a day for five months, you know. And it's it's huge. It's not something I would want to do. Uh, the the band actually carried on as a trio, and they brought out their next hit in January nineteen fifty eight, which was called Old Boy, which I'm sure most people people do know. Uh, it said that Buddy then sort of moved. He moved to New York. Um, he fell in love with a lady called Maria Elena Santiago who would later become his wife Uh, they fell in love in early 1958 they ended up getting married in the summer of 1958 so subsequently Buddy Holly moved to New York to be with his his bride this obviously caused a bit of strain on the band and it it meant that the band started to fall apart The, the the other two guys stayed in Texas and the band eventually split up um, towards the end of, sort of 1958 Buddy Holly did try and bring out a few songs on his own um, they did enter the charts but never to the success of what he had as the crickets you know, his, his song sort of entered in as the, sort of the top 40, top 50 and nothing really that he wanted You know, he, he had this aspiration of being this amazing rock and roll singer and all of a sudden his, his success sort of went out the window because of this, he had a bit of a cash flow problem. So he was actually in a situation where he had a lot of money tied up in records and in, in labels and things like that. But actual cash to pay his bills, he had very, very little. And he pretty much was left with no choice but to go on tour to, to make his money back. And the only tour at the time was, was the Winter Dance Party. There wasn't really anywhere else that he could go to make you know cash and that's why he went on the winter dance party he, he uh, didn't want to go didn't certainly didn't want to go i don't think his wife wanted him to wanted him to go she was she was pregnant at the time but 
you know you have to do what you have to do to provide for your family and that's that's why he he ended up going on the tour so we'll move on to another victim of of the crash which was JP Richardson aka the big bopper so he was basically he was just a DJ to start with um he he released a couple of songs um he was quite a popular DJ and he uh he realized the popularity of of what we what we'd call humor music so I'm sure everybody is aware of songs like The Witch Doctor and The Purple People Eater and these were songs that the Big Bopper noticed and sort of thought, you know, these are really, really good songs. These are things that get people dancing, get people laughing and, and they're, they're funny songs. And he ended up uh, using his, his ability with, you know, obviously being a DJ to, to mix the two together and he created a song called The Purple People Eater Meets The Witch Doctor. Um, it was quite popular, but what he did on the flip side of the record, so for those of you who are young, records came with an A side and a B side, so they came with one song on one side, and then you take it off, flip it over, and you'd have another song on the other side. So I'm sure some of you are screaming at, going, "What? What's a record? And what? You know what? Well, that's that's what it is. I'm sure some of the older people are going, "Shut up, Dan. We all know what this is." So. Um, so that's that's what a record is and on the other side of the record was his B-cut B-side where he recorded his own song which was called Chantilly Lace now you may or may not have heard of it um, it is a bit of a funny track um, and it sort of you know it came out that this this song was actually so popular it was more popular than than the Purple People Eater meets the Witch Doctor and that sort of caught the big bopper on everyone knew this this song Chantilly Lace and, and it even made the top 10 so his B-side track that you know pretty much he didn't didn't expect to go anywhere just put it on there so he had another song ended up becoming the top 10 song in the US so you know he, he sort of thought wow you know this is great and, and I need to promote my song I need to promote myself and the only way again to promote his new record was to leave and go on tour so he was in a situation where, again, he, he wanted to provide for his family. Uh, his wife was pregnant. He had a young daughter at home as well. And he wanted to provide for them. And, you know, being a DJ made him a certain amount of money. But this tour promised to give him so much more and also promised to promote his record and promote in the fact that then once you're on this tour, once people have heard your record, you know, people are going to go out and buy it. And, that gives him a little bit more publicity so that was the reason why the Big Bopper went on the tour it was for the third member of of the plane crash which was Richie Valens it was a slightly different story Richie Valens was 17 years old Um, he'd only been a recording artist for a a, you know a handful of months six to eight months he'd been recording songs Um, and he'd not he'd not really experienced anything like this you know for a new up and coming singer this was huge, you know. He had an opportunity to go on tour with Buddy Holly two years ago, the greatest, one of the greatest rock and roll singers, you know, with two top ten hits. This was this was huge, you know. Going on tour with someone like that was amazing for a young seventeen-year-old lad, and he was, you know, he was up and coming. He was eager. He was excited to go on the tour. So it wasn't really a case of him not wanting to go on it because or having to go on it he actually wanted to go um i mean he's he's famous for songs like uh, i don't know if anybody's heard of the song donna 
which was um, dedicated to his girl at the time. Um, and on the flip side to that, he brought out the song La Bamba. So uh, for those of you who don't know, it's da 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 bamba, that one. So sorry for anyone who hates my voice. <laughs> um, but that, that was um, La Bamba. So, and that's, I mean, that still goes now. That's, that's still played at parties nowadays. So this, this guy, he had a very, very short career. And yet his songs still get people dancing. And it's 2020. So, you know, you're talking 60 years after and you know this this guy's short very very short career is is still being you know looked at and for for a guy like that you know the winter dance party was pretty much the the highlight of his career um, and that's why he went on it so the acts were booked and this was the start of the three-week tour across the midwest and this is how it went obviously buddy holly needed to recruit some new members to the crickets uh, he ended up recruiting Waylon Jennings which I'm sure if you're a country music fan you've definitely heard of Waylon Jennings Tommy Olsop and Charlie Bunch uh, these these three guys joined him to form his new band so this was the start of the, the crickets revival so to speak um, they were on this tour bus uh, tour bus going through the heart of the midwest in freezing temperatures and the heating kept breaking on the bus the bus was frozen solid there was a, a report at one one point where the bus had broken down they were stuck in the frozen road for hours um, to the point that the, the bus driver's feet actually got fr uh, frostbite so you know that shows how cold it was and you know f especially for us in England I don't think we really get those sort of temperatures we, we, we may get sort of minus five minus six but these temperatures were going to minus 15 minus 20 degrees you know they were really really cold and obviously in the 50s motor vehicles heating on vehicles was not as not as good not as as well prepared as, as it is nowadays um so i think that you know all of that linked together they hated the bus you know all of them everyone on the bus hated the bus uh, whoever booked the the tour also didn't do a very good job. They would start at one side of the Midwest, and travel 300 miles west for the next show. Then they'd travel 270 miles back east and be 30 miles away from the first show for the next for the third show. And it's sort of like you know they they didn't really plan the tour very well. These guys were stuck on a freezing cold tour bus. It, it just wasn't it wasn't fun. They didn't enjoy it. I mean they probably enjoyed the the, the the music and enjoyed the singing and enjoyed what they were doing once they got off the bus. I think the bus was really taking its toll on the guys, you know, on everyone on the bus. And by the time they'd finally arrived at Clear Lake, Iowa, Buddy Holly had had enough. You know, he said to his bandmates, two of them, Waylon Jennings and Tommy Olsop, he said, you know, when we get there, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going back in that bus. We're we're going to get a plane. Uh, we're going to fly. 400 miles to the next destination I'm not spending another night on that bus it's freezing, it's horrible we're not doing it, you know it's not going to be that expensive I think uh, from what I've read it was $36 per person for the flight, 400 mile flight um, and Tommy and Waylon were due to fly with Buddy Holly after the show in Clear Lake so the stars performed they went out on stage at the, the, at the ballroom 
and it was packed you know the surf ballroom was packed on the 2nd of February and whilst they were performing whilst they were flying one of the ladies who worked for the staff ball the surf ballroom ended up calling a company called Dwyer Flying Services and they were booked to fly Buddy Holly Waylon Jennings and Tommy Alsop after the show so the plane was booked they were ready to go so after the show had finished they were ready to go and the big bopper JP Richardson he was actually suffering from you know a really bad cold uh, flu like symptoms possibly the fever really really not in a good a good way and he certainly didn't want to be on that bus for 400 miles um, he basically said to Waylon Jennings he said you know is there any chance you can let me me go on the plane it's going to be warmer it's going to be quicker and when I get there I can have a bit of a rest before the next show and Waylon said yeah yeah you, you can have my seat that's fine you know you take my seat and and I'll I'll ride in the bus I'm not ill you're ill you know you take the warmth Buddy being a friend and a jovial type of character turned around to Waylon and went oh I, I hear you're not going on the bus like, you're not going on the plane you're going on the bus and Waylon went yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm on the bus so I've let JP have my have my seat and Buddy found it funny and went ah, I hope your bus freezes to which Waylon Jennings replied yeah well I hope your plane crashes and god the psychological problems that must have come after that obviously he said it as a joke uh, it certainly wasn't meant seriously it's a joke between two friends and I think psychologically that must have must have really affected Waylon Jennings obviously you know no one expected the plane to crash so there we go they were ready the big bopper J- um, JP Richardson Buddy Holly and Tommy Alsop were ready to go on the plane so just before they were about to leave Tommy Alsop jumps out of the cab runs back into the surf ballroom to sort of have a look around and make sure they haven't left anything make sure they've got everything ready to go and when he's in there he, he notices 17 year old Richie Valens signing autographs for fans and he says you know Richie says to him he goes oh Tommy let me fly let me fly and he, you know, Tommy says I'll tell you what I'll flip for it you know call it takes a, a half a dollar 50 cents piece out of his pocket flips it in the air and Richie calls heads lands on heads Richie gets the seat on the plane and that's how the three ended up on the plane so I mean you talk about bad luck and you know if he'd have called tails we'd be talking about Richie Valens probably in a very different light you know you'd be talking about him as you know just think 17 years old he's brought out two of the biggest hits in America he's one of the most famous acts in America at this time and he loses his life basically over a coin flip so you know he would have gone on to have such an amazing career you you would assume you know with the the quality and the talent that he had so that's the three you know that's how they all got their seats buddy holly booked it big bopper got his seat off Waylon Jennings because he wasn't feeling well and Richie Valens got his seat because he won it in a coin toss so they're on their way to the airport and at the airport is 21 year old pilot Roger Peterson who's waiting there with a single engined uh, it's called a beach bonanza so it's just a for just a, you know a four seater small light aircraft and and the plane was was ready to take off into the night sky so 
the plane took off it was a clear sky so the you know when when it took off the sky was clear within minutes of the plane taking off there was a snowstorm uh, there was a flash warning that was um, announced on the radio um, and Roger Peterson he, he never received he never received that message and that's why the the plane took off you know it wasn't it shouldn't have taken off it should have waited the storm out but they didn't get the message that you know a mile down the road this storm was was dangerous and there was a no fly so the the wreckage was was actually found the following day um, a few miles outside of the airport so it wasn't you know they didn't get very far and the the three rock and roll stars were announced dead at the scene so the the official report said that it was pilot error um how well you believe that is is you know open to interpretation the the pilot he knew the plane he knew the the route he knew what he was doing i don't think he would have been put in that position should he have not known not known what he was doing and especially with such high profile passengers I also think that it's very easy to blame someone who's not there to defend themselves and it's a very easy way of sweeping it under the carpet uh, personally having known there was a storm out that night I don't actually think it was anything to do with the pilot I think it was the storm that, that caused the plane to, to descend into the ground and you know, as horrible as as the story is, there are there are some some good sides to it. To obviously, you know, their their music still lives on. They're still very very well known, and you know, it's it's they're, they're legends. They, they they will always be legends. I don't think anyone can ever say that Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, and that plane crash will never be important because it was one of the you know the biggest tragedies in rock and roll and you know these these were young guys you know the big bopper 28 years old buddy holly 22 years old richie valens 17 years old these guys have been snatched at you know at such a young age to to die for just one in a warm trip to the next place you know it's it's horrible to think of it it's it's definitely like i said it's one of the the biggest tragedies in in music history it's probably one of the biggest tragedies in in sort of celebrity history when you, you talk about how people die and how celebrities have, have passed in in you know the just looking at the last sort of century this is something that could have been avoided it's not they weren't ill they weren't that they weren't dying they, there was no disease or famine or illness they, they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and you know it's it's very hard to for people to understand that I mean just you have to look at Buddy Holly's wife like I said she was pregnant as before they went on tour and the the grief really got to her a couple of months after she found out he he died they um, she ended up miscarrying the baby and you know that that just shows how how grief stricken she was and not just her like I said you know the entire country was in in a state of mourning in reality I, I think you know the entire world was he, he was big in America he was big in Australia 
you know, although he was huge in the States, he, he definitely had a worldwide audience. He wasn't just an American rock and roll star. He was a worldwide rock and roll star. Um, J.P. Williams, the, the big bopper's wife, she actually ended up having her, her son. Uh, he was called J.P. Jr., and uh, he actually he still he sings now and sort of tries to live on his his father's legacy and, and try and promote his father's legacy so you know um, unfortunately this this tragedy took took the lives of three great men and um the the tour actually it didn't stop believe it or not so that the tour actually carried on so despite the tragedy and despite the fact that it had pretty much lost I would say the tour had lost what it anything you know it it lost the three biggest stars on the tour the it it did it carried on and Waylon Jennings had to step in and sing Buddy's songs and take over the reins basically of of being the lead singer I think this probably pushed him into a, a massive career in country music but he he uh grief stricken probably distraught he'd lost one of his best friends and yet he still had to get on stage and carry on singing so you know this it just shows the the tragedy of of this and it, it it's very hard to explain how big these stars were so i'm going to try and put it into a bit of context so 1959 elvis presley uh, was in the army Chuck Berry was in the papers for having relations with an underage girl or problems with an underage girl, so to speak. Jerry Lee Lewis, his fans had pretty much left him because he actually ended up marrying his cousin and he was a, a little bit victimised because of that. And Little Richard uh, joined the church and gave up rock and roll. So that's just a little bit of a background to 1959 where sort of four of... The Probably even now, you know, people know, obviously everyone knows Elvis, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard. These are some of the biggest names in rock and roll now. In 1959, these guys had pretty much, they'd had their career and they were at the end of their career. And they weren't necessarily seen in the best way in, in the country. Obviously, certain things that had gone on with private lives um, even to the point you know Elvis and Priscilla Priscilla Presley was moved into his house at 14 years old so again Elvis wasn't necessarily looked at in the best light so these are a lot of problems that were going on with rock and roll and it sort of made you realize how important these three guys were to an era to a generation of people you know from 1957 to 1959 these three guys had a collection of top 10 hits between them they were on the biggest tour in America at that time they were known worldwide they even now people know the songs of these guys this is you know 60 years later these were absolute icons and the people around them with similar genres of music just they weren't there anymore or they'd they'd done stuff to ruin their own career or you know like Elvis they'd join the army they just weren't in that same space as 
Buddy Holly and the Crickets and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens. They just they just weren't there. You know, they weren't seen in that that way. And you know, you can understand why these guys had such a huge influence on rock and roll and why you know, why it was said, you know, in nineteen seventy one by Don McLean that this was the day the music died. You can understand why it was said the day the music died because it really did die you know these were the three pioneers of rock and roll and they were possibly the most influential artists of of the the late 50s and you know you you really do get a sense of that with with that song american pie you really do get the sense that you know these guys they they really they didn't deserve to die they shouldn't have died and it really really was one of the biggest tragedies in music history so that is the story of buddy holly the big bopper and richie valens so uh, i hope you guys enjoyed it i tried to do a little bit more of an upbeat episode this week i know obviously death isn't necessarily upbeat but um you know these guys i don't think they'd want they don't think they'd want to come across as people mourning them i think you know looking back looking through their history looking through who they were as people and listening to their family talk and things like that i actually think they would rather be celebrated for their music than they would be mourned for their death these guys were you know they were legends of their time and they were st- you know they're still legends now and I would like to play a little clip as we finish, which is uh, Don McLean's American Pie. Uh, I'm not going to play the full song because it is about eight minutes long. Um, so obviously if you want to, to skip that, if you don't want to listen to that, then uh, I, I appreciate that. So for you, the episode will end when I finish speaking. Uh, if if it, uh, If you do want to listen to it, if you do sort of feel that actually you know I, I really want I want to be part of this this music history and you do you do enjoy the song then please feel free to listen so I uh, would like to say thank you to everybody for listening to me this week uh, I can say if you have any requests anything that you do want me to cover then please just let me know we'll do our best to accommodate anybody and uh, I shall leave you with the 1971 number one hit by Don McLean, American Pie. Thank you very much. A long, long time ago I can still remember How that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside the day the music died
So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing, this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die Did you write the book of love and riding a motorcycle you want to ride it everywhere even getting a dental checkup mr carter wouldn't you prefer the chair i'm fine on my bike doc well let me know if you feel any discomfort and when you love saving money you want to save even more that's why geico makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance all done mr carter remember to brush floss and lubricate your drive chain regularly kickstart your savings with geico motorcycle bundle and save on the things you love Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this and this. 
Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.